Praise the Lord. Welcome to our study of the book of Acts. Let's pray and get right into the word that we have for you today. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for the word of God that is impactful in our lives. We give you praise and thanksgiving that every word from heaven is rich and able to change our lives. We thank you, Father, that we're being instructed in righteousness, that we grow up and become strong and mature believers in you, that you are working to equip us and perfect us for the work of the ministry. And we give you praise and thanksgiving, Father, that we have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And I ask that you give me a mouth to speak the utterance of the Holy Spirit. Give me an unction from deep within that I can help in the commission to lead and train these believers in the way they should go. And for that, we give you praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start reading first off today in one of the foundational scriptures of the book of Acts. So let's open our Bibles to Acts chapter 1, and we're just going to read one verse here in verse number 8. The Holy Spirit saying here, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So he's telling them, when you get power, then you'll have the ability to be a witness. And he tells it it's going to be widespread. Jerusalem spreading to Judea and Samaria and eventually to the ends of the earth. Now, we know that Jerusalem was the capital, if I could say it that way, of the Jewish faith. And Judea was the region. Samaria extended beyond and to all the earth then is beyond any place they would even know or could conceive at this time. So he tells them, you'll receive power. And he's letting them know this power is going to be necessary for you to be a witness, or let me say it this way, to provide evidence as these ones with the power. Now, it's interesting that he says you're going to receive power when according to Scripture back in Matthew 28, he said all power or authority, sometimes that word is translated, has been given to me, then go. So let's turn back to Matthew chapter 28 for a moment, and let's just look at that passage of Scripture Matthew 28, verse 18, and it says, Jesus speaking, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now he said, all authority or all power has been given to me. Now, interestingly enough, when we saw Jesus tempted by the enemy on the Mount of Temptation, the enemy commented that all these kingdoms of the world had been delivered to him and they were under his authority. So we have to understand that there was a change of authority. In the Garden of Eden, the authority was put in Adam's hands and Adam gave it over to Satan. And then Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, defeated the enemy and took that authority back. 
Now, the key to all of this, why there's authority or power listed in Matthew 28, and yet Jesus tells them to wait until they get power in Acts chapter 1, is in the defining of that words, those words authority and power. The word authority is known in the Greek as the word exousia. The word power in Acts chapter 1 is known as dunamis power. And um, we're going to base our study today on the difference of those two words. Many times in Scripture, they're both translated power, but there is a big difference in the exousia and the dunamis power of God. Like I said, in Matthew 28, it's the exousia. In Acts chapter 1, it's the power. But we see that these two words have to work together in order to produce the evidence that God wants us to produce in the earth through signs, wonders, miracles, etc. So we see in Acts chapter 1 that they're in a holding pattern until they get power or the dunamis power. And he said that dunamis power comes on you when the Holy Spirit comes to you. So let's, let's look and separate and define a little bit what the exousia is versus what the dunamis power is. The exousia power, as listed in Matthew 28, we know that it's in the commission, the great commission to go. We know it's in the um, command of Jesus to change and alter the way life is going to be from this point. So this commission to go that contains in it this authority gives us some clues as to what it is. The word exousia, translated oftentimes authority, is also translated um, right, jurisdiction, strength, meaning this, this exousia is the right you have to go and do what I have given you to do. Without exousia, you don't have a right, meaning it's not under your jurisdiction to go. But Jesus said, I have all jurisdiction now in heaven and earth, meaning I am the governing over all heaven and earth. I have authority of all heaven and earth. So now you go with the authority that I have and do exactly what I want you to do. It is this exousia is legal, legal power or authority. Webster's 1828 calls it the power of governing, the power or right of exercising authority. So it's translated authority, it's translated power, it's translated right, it's even sometimes translated freedom, translated liberty, all these different words that this word exousia is translated by. But understand this, that the way that exousia came to them was it was pronounced on them. In fact, the Latin word that we have for jurisdiction or authority is to pronounce. So the way you receive exousia in life is that it's 
pronounced on you. It's delegated to you. It's given to you. It's bequeathed to you. So there's nothing that we can do to earn authority in the earth. There's nothing we can do to earn jurisdiction. It has to be bequeathed to us. It has to be pronounced to us. It has to be given to us. So Jesus in Matthew 28, that's exactly what he did. He's speaking to his disciples or his apostles at that time. And he said, I am bequeathing to you the opportunity to go in the authority that I have to exercise my governing, my ruling, wherever you go. It was pronounced on them. Now, the word in Acts 1.8 that we saw power, the dunamis power, is this is miracle power, force and ability. In scripture, it's translated might, miracle, strength. And what this is, is an ability of God. It is the means to produce. So we see here that exousia is the authority of God, but dunamis is the ability of God. And for this power, this ability of God, it is also something that can be gifted, but it's also something that can be developed. And the reason I say that is because you can rise in your ability to perform signs, wonders, and miracles through revelation that you get out of the Word of God. Now, we need to understand that there are two, two senses, if I can say it that way, in the Word of God often. For instance, there's a broad sense, and there is specific sense. Let me explain that to you. Um, for instance, broad sense is Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always to the end of the world, meaning he is always present. But yet there is moments of specific sense when he manifests his presence that he's with you. Where there's a knowing that God is with you, not just because there's faith in the word of God that says he's with you, but there's an expression of God that breaks through and you know he is with me. Well, it's the same way with exousia and dunamis. He said in Acts chapter 1 here that the power of God comes on us when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now that is for all believers, any believer at any time that ever lives on the, place, on, the, on the face of the earth. So we have a broad sense of dunamis power. But yet there is moments in time when miracle working power show up and a sign and a wonder are done with immediate manifestation. So there's a specific sense of that dunamis power working. We also see that with exousia. And the way exousia works is we know that Jesus gave 
to those disciples the authority and power, the authority that was bequeathed on him in his defeat of the enemy. So we know that we have jurisdiction. But from time to time, there is specific jurisdiction that we have in a situation. For instance, a parent has jurisdiction over their children in their own home. A parent has jurisdiction in their household. I mean, an adult has jurisdiction in their household. But if someone else comes in there to do something, they come into the house to rearrange the furniture, they'd say, uh, you don't have the authority, you don't have the right, you don't have the jurisdiction to do that. Well, Jesus gave me all jurisdiction, but you don't have the specific jurisdiction to do something at that moment in that place about that situation. And when we're talking about specific sense of exousia, what we're talking about is having a divine leading, having a leading from the Lord. So we can see that dunamis is our ability to produce a result, but exousia is our leading to do that result or the leading to have the opportunity to produce that result. All right? And we must realize that that effectiveness, as we see in the book of Acts, is from a combination of both exousia and deutimus power at work. You have to have both to be most effective. Okay? Exousia means I'm operating under a boss I'm operating of a, under a command of another. So when we're talking about us walking in exousia, we must realize that we're operating under the command of the Lord. So in a broad sense, we're the people of God, but in a specific sense, we're giving tasks and assignments that he has called us to do specifically and personally. Now, the same way with dunamis. We can't produce the ability for a sign and a wonder. We can't produce that ability. You can't step over the laws of nature without the creator of nature giving you that ability. And that's what dunamis power is. So we have to consistently understand that when we are called to perform signs and wonders, and we hear the call, that's the exousia. That's the exousia. When you get the leading, that's the exousia at work. That's the jurisdiction. That's the command of the Lord. That's the instruction from the boss. The exousia is the command of the Father that we serve to do something. But sometimes what happens is we get out of timing, and so the dunamis power is not working. The ability to produce that result, the miracle working power is not present. We got a leading, but the dunamis has also into it not only the ability, but the timing of when. All right? So we have to understand that we need to fully operate under both the authority, the exousia, 
and the Deutimus, meaning we have to understand that we have to operate under God-given direction and God-given ability for miracles like they had in the book of Acts to operate. So let's go and look at some of these miracles. I want to open first to Acts chapter 3, which is the first miracle that was done um, a physical miracle, I should say, because the fact that 3,000 people got saved from preaching is pretty miraculous and that they heard them speak in their own tongue is miraculous. But this is the, the stepping out and doing something for a personal individual, a miracle working that we can see. So in verse 1 of chapter 3 of Acts, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So we see this lame man, and he'd been there a long time from his mother's womb, was constantly laid there, and he was laid there not to get a healing, but he was laid there to ask alms. And when Peter comes to him, he says, okay, um, that's not what I have for you that's going to change your life is not alms. But I have something for you. Now, Peter is operating under this. Jesus gave me authority, jurisdiction from now on to do something about things that are out of order. And here I am, and this man has asked something for me. So I know I'm operating under jurisdiction. And I've just come from the time when the Holy Spirit came on me and I received power. So I know that ability is present. And it's present with me because I've got that name. I've got that name. And that name contains dunamis power. So instead of giving him alms or giving him something monetarily, Peter reaches out and says, what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So he leaped up when Peter grabs his hand, he leaps up, stands and walks, and the man is made whole and healed. Now let's turn over and look at this. Um, in verse 16, when um, Peter starts to get questioned, uh, no, when he gets the people surround him as though he had done something. And he says in verse 16, 
His name, the name of Jesus, through faith in this name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So he's telling them that the ability for this man to be made well was through the name and faith in that name of Jesus. So we see that the name of Jesus has ability, miracle working power and ability in it. But until the Holy Spirit came upon them, the activation of that ability wasn't widespread. Now, Jesus had commissioned the 70, and they said, you know, through your name, this is happening. It's because that name has power and ability. So when they confront Peter, or they ask Peter, how did that happen? Peter said, it's not even us. Dunamis power does not lie in us. And that's a good thing for the last stage church to get, to keep us out of pride, because we're going to see more signs and wonders. But we need to understand absolutely that Deuteronomy's power does not reside in us without Jesus giving it to us through his name or faith in that name. Hallelujah. So then if we turn over to Acts chapter 4, verse number 7, this is where the Sanhedrin is confronting them about how they did this. And they say in verse 7, they set them in the midst and they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? It's interesting to know that they knew there was a name connected to the ability to do this. And this word power here is dunamis. How did you do this? Or by what name did you do this? How could you do this? They didn't understand that mankind was going to get an ability from God to be able to do the same signs, wonders, and miracles that Jesus himself did. Could you imagine the headache this moment was for the enemy? Because Jesus had gone about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And so once they get rid of Jesus, okay, he's raised from the dead. That's a problem for the devil. Okay, now we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the upper room. That's a problem for the devil. But now he sees where they're going to take what they've been given from God and do the exact same thing, doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So this is a manifestation of what the church is going to do when they understand their authority, they receive the ability from above. This is what the church is going to do. What a desperate day for the devil. Because he continually thought, that's it and it's over. That's it and it's over. That's it and it's over. Now what the enemy's got on his hands is there's a perpetuity of the miraculous to work in the earth because these people understand that they're under God's authority and they have God's ability. So now there'll be perpetual manifestations of what Jesus did in the earth 
And how is he ever going to stop it? He's going to have to bring some other tactic to get the power stopped. So they say, what power have you done this? And if you continue to read chapter four there, you'll understand that what they're trying to do is they are trying to get these people to not use their authority and not use that ability. They're trying to strip them of their exousia. They're trying to silence them because if they get the authority away from them, they know that dunamis power won't work. But that was all null and void. They didn't get that away from them, did they? Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go over to another situation in Acts. Let's go over to Acts chapter 8. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 8. Let's begin reading here in Acts chapter 8, starting with verse number 9. And there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. They said, this man is the great dunamis of God. They said he had great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. So he thought... He even touted his own horn, it said, claiming he was summoned great. And they said, he's got this dunamis power of God at work within. And they were, uh, he, but yet, even though he had this great power, it must not have been the greatest power because he was amazed at what Philip was doing. Now let's read on verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that, the one that claimed he had the dunamis power of God, Hallelujah. But yet was astounded with what Philip was producing when he saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God be per could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. So Simon had done some astounding things, and they said it must be with the dunamis power of God. But yet he's astounded what Philip is doing because his wasn't God-given ability. 
And, and then he comes and he sees people lay hands on others and they get the Holy Spirit and he asks for this power. Now, this word power in verse, uh, is it 19? Yes, give me this power also. This is the word exousia, exousia, jurisdiction. So we understand that Simon said, I've got power, I've got miracle working power. I'm doing some things, but yet it's not as great as you can do. And so he comes to the root of this and says, it's because I don't have any jurisdiction. I don't have authority here. I don't have the right. I don't, it's not under my authority to be able to do these things. He's calling on something else to give a miracle working power. He does not have the ability that Philip had to produce miracles. And now we see the Holy Spirit falling on him. I don't have the authority to do that either. And he's wanting the authority. And so he's asking, I'll buy that authority. Authority, exousia, cannot be bought. It has to be gifted. In fact, Peter calls it the gift of God. You can't purchase the gift of God with money. It has to be given to you. That leading has to be given to you as you hear from heaven. Hallelujah. Let's go over now to Acts chapter 16 and just look at this. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Talking about Paul and Silas. It says they would, had come through these other regions. It says in the end of verse 6, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word of God in Asia. And this sometimes is a stumbling block because we hear the commission of go ye, that we have jurisdiction in a broad sense, but without waiting for the specific sense of where the exousia is in our life, we are going to fail and miss God. Hallelujah. After that, they came to Mysia. They tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Again, this isn't the right place. This isn't the right place. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So he was looking for the place of his jurisdiction. We've probably all heard stories of this. You know, I, I can just remember being familiarized um, um, personally with a situation where some individuals went to raise somebody from the dead. Someone had been killed in a car accident, and they went to raise some, someone from the dead. First off, these believers were probably didn't have a revelation yet of the power of God to raise the dead. You know, they were working and growing and developing in it. They hadn't been gifted with God with that ability for that specific situation. For one thing, it wasn't in their authority and jurisdiction. And one thing we must understand is when we try to perform a miracle without the leading of the Lord giving us jurisdiction, we will not be successful. And it will cause it to look foolish in the eyes of the world. 
But when we have the exousia, the authority, and the ability, whether it's developed or gifted, then we understand that we will always have success. See, the, the, even the dunamis power of God, it's a broad sense. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you receive dunamis power. But yet there is dunamis power released on specific situations, and we see some of those dunamis working power things in the gifts of the Spirit, the working of miracles, the uh, working of healings. Those are specific dunamis moments where the Spirit of God has gifted somebody with a special ability to produce a result. So we have dunamis power because we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, but we also recognize that there's dunamis power at work when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation for a specific situation. So we have to be led by the Spirit because you can have jurisdiction to do something. You have the, the right to do something because you've got the leading of the Lord and you're cowering because you don't feel you have the ability to, of God to do it. But know this, he can give you special ability to do a miracle just for the sake of he wants the miracle done and you're available. The key to both exousia and dunamis power at work in our life is in our yielding to the Lord. Not just assuming what God wants, but yielding to the Lord. Specific direction, specific ability, specific knowing. And in this passage of scripture, we see that Paul is exercising his broad sense jurisdiction, but yet in that broad sense jurisdiction, God keeps shutting him down, shutting him down, shutting him down until he gets specifically, this is where I need to go. We don't know why. We don't know why if it's the other regions wouldn't receive him or we don't know why if this situation in Macedonia is specific calling for this time. But what we know and what we have to rest in is this. The Spirit of God knows all things, every heart, at all times, everywhere. And as we are yielded to the Spirit, He always produces success. But it's in this knowing our jurisdiction and knowing the power of God and those tools that contain the power of God causes us to be successful. Let's look at another one here, Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. And um, let's cut this down a little bit, starting with verse 11. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought through his body, from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, 
Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Here we have a situation of having neither. We don't have authority here because we are not of these people of Jesus. We do not have the dunamis power because the enemy whipped our tail. So we can see here without authority and power and just trying to borrow someone else's authority and power, it will never work in our life. So that tells me I can't just repeat what another minister or a pastor has said and it has the same effect as if they said it. Now the key to this is if you get a leading from the Lord, you will be commissioned to say what God says and it'll have the same effect as if God says it. But we can't borrow things from another person and expect the same impact that they would have. For one thing, we've not walked in the development process that they walked in. Now I have to clarify this. However, you can be gifted from God to have the same impact that they have as long as you've got the leading from God to do what they did. There is a place of deutimus development and there is a place of leading of authority. Hallelujah. But both of those things can be trumped by just gifted from God. But you won't know you're gifted from God unless you're fully yielded to God. Amen. All right, let's go over to Acts chapter 27. And look at one more thing here. Acts chapter 27. And in Acts 27, we have the situation where um, Paul is on his way to Rome. Um, he's been taken as a prisoner to go to Rome and they're transporting him there. So he's on his way to Rome and they have um, been warned by Paul we shouldn't be traveling because it's becoming wintertime. It's not safe to travel. And so they come across a great storm. So they've been tossed, tossed and turned by this great storm on the ship as they're being transported to Rome. And then let's pick it up in verse 21. But after long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. What's he talking about? I warned you. Back in verse 10, I'm sure he didn't say verse 10. I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much not loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also of our own lives. Paul warned them, this is not going to work. But they went ahead and disobeyed. Now understand, Paul had jurisdiction. He is an apostle of God. He is doing what God asked him to do, get to Rome and witness. He's doing that. He has jurisdiction. So he got a leading from the Lord, but yet they denied his jurisdiction and authority. So after this abstinence of food, he says, you should have listened to me. We've been here for days. You should have listened to me. 
meaning I was the one with jurisdiction and you didn't listen, but now I've got specific direction for us. I now urge you to take heart. There will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. How did he know this? And now, uh, for there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Obviously, he had asked for the lives of everyone that was, uh, that was on the ship with him. And in this very passage of scripture, we have a clear direction. We have a specific jurisdiction. And he goes on in verse 25 and says, Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. So he has asked for the lives of everyone. And we have dunamis power working because we have to have an ability working against this storm. But we also have to have jurisdiction with the leading of how to do it. So we have the leading and we have the what and how it's going to happen. We're going to run aground. And then it goes on and we see that there's two other groups of people here. We have sailors, we have soldiers in addition to the prisoners. So we have soldiers that are concerned about the prisoners. We have sailors that are concerned about the storm. Okay. And so the sailors set down the skiff. They're going to, they're going to get away. And Paul has another leading and said, if, if everybody doesn't say, say here, the lives are not going, are, are going to be lost. So then the soldiers cut away what the sailors are doing. But all of this is happening under Paul's jurisdiction because he has a specific leading from the Lord. And then we know that they get run to run to ground. They swim. Um, no one's life is lost. And then we get to the Isle of Malta where they've been shipwrecked in verse uh, chapter 28, that they, they find themselves on the Island called Malta and the natives show unusual kindness. Okay. But Paul in verse three gathers a bundle of sticks lays them on a fire, a viper comes out, a snake comes out because of the heat, fastened himself on his hand. So when they saw it, huh, Paul must have been a um, criminal that this happened. But Paul, in verse 5, shakes it off into the fire. Now, understand this, that back in chapter 27, the leading of the Lord is, Paul, you've got to get to Rome to testify. Well, here in chapter 28, we have a viper that jumps out and grabs onto his hand. And so he shakes it off. So that's Deuteronomy's power at work. It didn't affect him. Understanding this, that when you've got a leading from the Lord, that Deuteronomy's power is working to bring that leading to pass. For instance, Paul didn't crumple at the snake because he recalls, I got to get to Rome. And when we understand that what God has led him to us to do, he will always give us the capability and the ability to perform it. The word of God is very clear. We need authority and we need power both at work. Without authority, 
Dudamus doesn't know where to land or to perform. Paul had the leading of the Lord. So Dunamis was then targeted, shake the snake off. It's in the way of the leading you've got. Just get rid of that. Get that out of the way. Don't let it be a distraction. Don't let it be an obstacle. Don't let it be in the way of what I've said about you. In the book of Acts, these people live this way. When they had a leading from the Lord, it didn't matter if they were going to stone them, if they were going to beat them, if they're going to end up shipwrecked. It didn't matter because the authority of the Lord, the leading of the Lord, the exousia always made a way for the dunamis to operate. Hallelujah. And when we get a leading of the Lord, we have to understand that that leading then becomes our target. And God will provide the ability necessary to achieve that target if we never bow to any of the obstacles. Hallelujah. And this dunamis power, the ability to perform, is necessary to have with it the exousia of where to exert it. Because dunamis is the ability to enforce the exousia, but the exousia is the permission to use dunamis. Let me say that again. Dunamis is the ability to enforce exousia, and exousia is the permission to use dunamis. So let's translate it this way. God's ability or God's power is our ability to enforce our authority. God's power is our ability to enforce our authority. Meaning if something's out of control, something's out of the way, God's ability will come on us to enforce the God's way of doing things. God's governing jurisdiction, God's authority. But the authority that we've been given from God is our permission to use the dunamis power. So our authority is permission to use God's power and God's power is our ability to enforce our authority. Hallelujah. The last day's church must be aware of both their authority and their power. They must be aware of what God has given them to rule and reign in the earth over all the systems of the earth. But yet at the same time, we must realize that as we be given this authority, God is going to give us as we develop in him, as we progress in him, he's going to give us some power to do something about the things that are out of order under his jurisdiction. So a believer in the last days will operate in a place of total yieldedness that we understand both our authority and both our power that have been gifted, granted, and developed through our walk with God. Amen? 
Hallelujah. We'll see you soon in the next session. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.